Jesus said, I am the true vine, my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing." If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. And so, kind of the last few weeks we've um, been talking about this passage. First, we said we're commanded to abide in Christ, and as a result, we will bear fruit. Second, We said we are meant to bear good fruit, not just any kind of fruit, but good fruit. And we talked about, you know, the good, the better, and the best types of fruit um, and making those choices um, as we are um, growing as a believer and maturing as a believer. Third, we said we are to bear much fruit. So our our goal um, is to be bearing more fruit than we did last year or five years ago. We want to continue to be able to produce Um, good fruit and better fruit so is it possible to produce what looks like fruit and not be in the vine and we kind of left off with this last week all right so you're shaking your heads yes all right so yes so how is that how is it possible to produce what looks like fruit but not be in christ not be in the vine okay Alrighty. So they're still doing good things, but for the wrong motives and praise or. You know, also the, 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 the laws written on our hearts, so we know better. Like I said, it's, it's not, the unbelief is not so much an intellectual issue, it is a moral issue. So you could do things that are probably looking good to the outside, but when they're not done in faith, they are not, they are not good works. Okay. Alrighty. Other thoughts? Uh, Fruits are, you know, like lots of poisonous berries out there. They look edible, but they're not. Yeah. So it's a prosperity gospel. Okay. Um, a lot of, a lot of that going around. It looks like fruit, and it calls to to indulge in it, but it's not divine at all. All right. Good, Justin. Good. Everybody's answering from over here today. <laughs> yep, Debbie. <laughs> You're all choked up. Yeah, there's, there's false fruits that the devil will. I mean, well, it's just our flesh will produce versus the true fruit. So you have to like examine the fruit that you're bearing and determine if it's if it's a false a false love or a false joy. It's you know it's from it's not from the love. All right. Yep, John. I got something to share. Okay. You know, I'm always giving out my Old Testament. Yes. I went to the bank. I was talking to Alicia. She's my teller, and I said, well, you know. You go to the bank a lot. I wish I had that much money. I could go to the bank that long. (laughs) God has blessed me so much. Talked to Alicia, though. I gave her a little testament. Her co-worker is here, which is important. She says, your timing is perfect. I said, oh, man. Guys, timing. So 
was able to give her a little testimony. <coughs> yeah. Good. Good, John. All right, so some people act as if they are producing fruit. You know, they're attending church, they're doing church work, they're, you know, they say they pray and are reading God's word. They might even convince others that, you know, they have good character or maybe they do have good character. But in reality, they aren't connected to Christ. They're not a true follower um, because they haven't been born again. Um, and unfortunately, is it how how obvious is it for us to see that at times? Okay, it depends. But can it can it be difficult for us to discern that? Yes. yes. All right. Yes, definitely. All right, and that's why. What how how does Jesus describe it? Um, in the end, when he gathers things, what what, what does he use as a agricultural? Um, well, the the, right, the wheat and the tares, you know, and the decide, you know, the you know, the one parable that he told, you know, the servants went out and said, you know, master, you know, we we sowed good seed, we know we did, but man, there's all these tares growing up. Should we go pull them out? And what does he say? He says, wait. He goes, no, because in tearing out the tares, you might tear out the the wheat as well or the good as well. And he said, just let them grow up, and in the end, we'll separate them, because in the end. What it, at the end of it, then you'll really know what is the wheat and what is the tear. You'll know what is good and what isn't. Um, and so, did I say that wrong, Troy? Okay. Okay. I, I saw your face. I was like, oh, did I say something wrong? Um, but, you know, and in, you know, now sometimes it is really obvious, you know, for us, but often it's not. You know, and I've, you know, I, I know I've said this before, you know, I've been in Berean a long, long time. You know, and I remember, you know, folks that, you know, ran bus routes and taught Sunday schools and did all kinds of stuff. And all those years, I mean, everything, you know, they appeared to be in Christ. They appeared to be serving the Lord. They appeared to be doing all the right things. But the disconcerting point now is, you know, many of them, they don't even go to church anymore. You know, you touch base with them and they don't want anything to do with God. You know, and you, and you, it's just, you know, you have to filter through that, you know, what, why? You know, why did they serve God for so, you know, 10 years or 15 years, but now they want nothing to do with the church, nothing to do with God. Um, and it, it just really brings a doubt to your mind. You know, were they truly in Christ or not? Um, and I know, you know, it's, you know, we can judge based on works, as Christ told us, and on the fruits. Um, but ultimately, you know, he will judge one day um, in by himself. So as a result, you know, those that aren't in Christ aren't going to bear fruit and sustain that. You know, they might do it for several years or many years. But, you know, what are we told to do in Scripture um, regarding our salvation? <laughs> right, work it out with fear and trembling. What else? Other some other verses. Endure until the end, right? You know, to persevere in your faith. You know, so we have all these other passages that are encouraging us to, you know, to persevere, to endure, to live it out, to work it out, you know, to continue in the faith. 
You know, Paul's exhortation, I think it was to Timothy, was to, you know, continue in the faith. You know, don't quit. You know, why is that? Because that endurance is what gives the confidence to really others, as well as possibly to yourself, but gives the confidence to others that you truly are in the faith. Um, you know, there have been, you know, unfortunately I've, had, I've gone to lots of funerals over the years as well. And, you know, it's, you know, I, I know from like the uh, different families where, you know, they're like, you know, I really thought my loved one was saved. You know, they did, you know, they made a profession or they this and they were in church. But, you know, the last several years of their lives, I, I just, I don't know. They just weren't really in church. They weren't really living for the Lord. And, and all that does for the family is cause doubt. Um, you know, Pastor Sean would say the same about his father. You know, his dad made a profession when he was a young boy or young adolescent, and his dad went into the ministry, went to seminary, preached, pastored churches, but then he went, wanted more training, went to get an advanced degree at a seminary, and it just really caused him to doubt, you know, is the Bible truly inspired? Is Jesus really the Son of God? And his father drifted into Eastern mythology. You know, and basically, at the end of the last several years of his life, you know, he turned his back on God. You know, so pastor, you know, it leaves him in, I, I don't know. I don't know if my dad was saved. Um, and so my encouragement to you is, if you are in the vine, stay in the vine and just persevere. Um, if you're not, my encouragement would be, get in the vine. Put your faith in Christ and believe. Um, where does Jesus speak about this group of people other than in John 15? A group that they would, they would say they're in the vine, they appear to be in the vine, but they're really not. What's that? The Pharisees and Sadducees. All right, yes. But another, it's in Matthew. Anybody, can you, can you think of a chapter in Matthew? No. The what? Okay. Okay, that was with the Pharisees. Yes, I'm thinking. I was thinking of another passage. All right. So is that the uh, Pharisees? All right. Do they worship in teaching as doctrines the commandments of men? All right. Another different. What? Okay. Yes. Yes. No. But it's a good one. You're getting closer. Matthew three. Matthew seven. Go to Matthew seven. Yeah, sooner or later. I'll give you a hint. It's chapter seven. Um, Yes, verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many are going to say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and we cast out demons and all these mighty works? And he'll declare, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. All right, why is he sending them out? Because they weren't followers. They weren't in him. 
You know, and that's very, you know, and again, I, I get it. It's, there's a tension there. And, and it's hard. Because again, you know, if we saw people today that are, you know, claim Christ as their Lord and they're, in broad strokes here, they're prophesying, they're preaching. Obviously, we're not casting out demons um, today in our environment, but, you know, they're, they're teaching, they're, you know, showing people the way, they're doing works in his name. We would, you know, in our minds, we're going to think, well, yes, they, they, they appear to be a follower of Christ. But this is the group that's, that's they're not in the vine. And again, that is very hard for us to discern or to make that judgment call, and we really shouldn't be. Um, we're, you know, examining our own lives. You know, and I'm, my, my task, first and foremost, is to examine me, make sure that I'm in the faith, to make sure that I'm doing what I ought to be doing. Um, and then encouraging others to do the same. You know, and that, that would be my, my main goal. Um, and yes, there are times that we have to do others, but, but that, that's, that, those are other um, smaller things there. Um, so if you have any doubt about whether you're grafted in Christ, if you're a believer, then again, just put your faith and belief in Christ. Um, you know, Pastor mentioned it this morning in the 830 service. You know, are there times that we might doubt? For most of us, probably. Um, I, know I, I know some people, my dad, my dad got saved later in life. He was in his 30s. And, you know, once he put his faith in Christ, he never doubted again. You know, and his life did a complete 180. You know, so for him, it was just, I'm totally different. I know I'm different. You know, I know Christ is my Lord. It's just a completely transformed life. Um, you know, if you, if you maybe got saved younger in life and you didn't have this huge transformation take place, you know, the, the temptation is to have doubt about that. Um, so what do we do when we doubt? You know, what does Scripture say? When you doubt, help my unbelief. unbelief. You know, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. You know, because I'm going through a, a time that I'm just really, you know, battling with it. Um, and Christ, God, will help us in those times. We just have to rely on the Holy Spirit um, through those times. Um, so if you're a believer and you're not producing much good fruit in your life, you know, is God going to take away your salvation? No. You're not going to lose something. You know, if you've been given salvation, you, you won't lose that. All right? Because God is the one that has given it to you. All right, and God has, if God has given you his salvation, the Holy Spirit has sealed that, all right, and you're not going to lose that. He's not going to take it away from you. But what is he going to do? <laughs> you know, he's going to wear you out. <laughs> you know, just as a, you know, when, when you have a child, you can't, like, just say you're not my, well, I mean, I know legally you probably can, but, you know, biologically you can't just say you're not my child anymore. Okay, they're always going to be your child. But what do you, you know, what happens when they're not living up to your expectations? They're not living in obedience and, you know, they're not all of those things. 
Well, right. I mean, you're going to discipline them or when they're older, you know, you might, that's going to break that fellowship, you know, and you're going to be continually kind of uh, working with them and give it, sending them text and, you know, when are you going to be back in church or, the, you know, just constant <laughs> reminders, sending them a Bible verse or a scripture reference, you know, and what, it, what are you doing? You're being a good parent trying to get them back where they ought to be or point them in the right direction, all right? And who is the best father in the world? God is. <laughs> and he's not going to let us as his children um, go astray without him bringing us back. Um, so he's going to, the Holy Spirit's going to convict you and not, he's not going to let it go. <laughs> you know, you're not going to get a buy. Um, you know, again, it's interesting. Pastor said this morning, you know, he, you know, the Holy Spirit's not going to go. Well, I understand it's okay. No, <laughs> you know, it's he doesn't understand, and it's not okay when you're living in sin. All right, that's not where he wants you. Um, and so, and it's not going to be okay. He's going to continue to push and deprive you to move in that. So, we'll talk about this next week. You can think about this um, over the next week. What is the purpose of pruning? in the life of a believer. Because in John 15, it does say that God's going to prune us. All right, so what does that involve? What does that look like? Um, what are the benefits of that? And what are the results of that? All righty, so that's your, you can think about that this week and do some study on that. Um, Jeremy, would you close this in prayer? Father God, we thank you so much for being able to meet together in a smaller group of believers, Lord, and for the the leadership and direction we're getting from Pastor Steve, I just pray that the Holy Spirit is leading us throughout this week, God, and just help us to, to just joyfully return here next week and, and cover the topic that is so, so important for us, Lord. In your name we pray, amen.